Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Rob Truscott at Henry's home on Chatsworth Road in Lower Clapton. Recorded by Henry Law on the 3rd of July 2020. Interviewed by Tim Warren. Edited by Henry Law. Hello, Rob. Hello, Tim. All I know about is you from Dagenham. That's right. You live with your mum, but your mum's not here. Yeah, mum died. Then yeah. you live with your gran. Kind of, yeah. I had a flat above hers, yeah. yeah. Till I was about 29. And then... So when were you born? 1971. Makes you... 49 today. 49? This, this, no, no, in March. I'm in March, OK, yeah. so 49. March the 18th. So, Pisces. Pisces, yeah. I'm steak and kidney. Oh, yeah, what's that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm Leo. Fried. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. So if you are born in 71, yeah. so where were you booking? Where Just were... around the corner here. Really? At the Mother's Hospital. I was born in Hackney, in Lower Clapton, at the Mother's Hospital. I didn't know that. I, just, I know you're from Dagenham, so you went... You're born here, so... And lived on the Pembry estate until I was about four. Oh, OK. And then so went to Dagenham. What's your mum's name? Sheila. Sheila. Sheila Patricia Truscott. OK. And I know your, your dad isn't about, and you're not really about with your dad, when I mean, you're talking about that. No, he so, left when I was about two, and then uh, okay. I met him again when I was about 30. Yeah, I met him for a day, and then yeah. we spent the day together in Southend, and yeah. uh, that was a bit weird, another story. Yeah. But the next day he called me, and I, I didn't know what else to say to him, really. Yeah. Shallow grave? Yeah. Might do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I was meant to, meant to yeah. see him in de- uh, December after that, like a few months after, but... Just never happened. So what did your mum do? So if your dad left at two, yeah. it was just you, it's just you and your mum, isn't it? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then when we was four, moved to Dagenham. So my mum was a telephonist. Okay. Worked for BT on the telephone. So she was doing that. Who was looking after you at home then? Would you go along as well? So I spent a lot of time on Nan and Grandad. And they, where are they then? So we, I moved with my mum when I was four to Dagenham. Yeah. And then probably like three or four years later... My, my nan and granddad moved to Dagenham as well, round the corner. Your mum's? My mum's, my mum's uh, mum and mum dad, dad. And yeah. what are they called? Sue, Sue. and Ernie. OK, so so, were your, so when your mum had you round here, was she from round here then? Yeah, yeah, they, they were... So she's a Hackney girl then? Yes, that's it, yeah. yeah. And uh, nan and granddad used to... I remember stories of going to the um, Kenton Arms, that's where they met my oh, nan yeah, and granddad. Oh, yeah, it's round the back of... Still there, Kenton Arms. I My granddad used there. to sing in there. Who did? My granddad used to sing. Ernie. In, in, yeah, Ernie used to sing round here. That's he was so um, funny. He used to vamp on the piano, apparently, yeah. and yeah. do the uh, Al Jolson impersonations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes back quite a way then. Yeah. So you moved out at four. So what took your mum to Dagenham? Because obviously Ernie and Sue weren't there. Did she know anybody in Dagenham? Was she just a... No. Just, just an offer, because it was a council place that she had and did so a like swap. A swap. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think it was moving from the Pembry estate in a flat yeah. and the, the, the idea of moving to a house. So you moved to a house and got a garden? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So can you remember much about the Pembry estate or not? I remember uh, falling near there, near the Salvation Army on Lower Clapton and, and falling and damaging my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, never the same again. <laughs> never the same again. Yeah. So when you went to Dagenham, she's got a house, a garden... Yeah. And obviously you're going to start school. School in Henry Green Primary School. Yeah. It was good times, yeah. So My first kiss there. Yeah. It was about 10, <laughs> 11. Is it a Scottish one? I, th- I can't remember what flavour it was. <laughs> <laughs> if your mum must have swapped job then or as well, because you can't be travelling back to Hackney to, for work. 
Or she stopped work by then? No, she moved and she, uh, so when she moved, she got a job in Ilford in, okay. the, in, the, in the BT so exchange it. there. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what she did for the first couple of years until my name and granddad moved there because yeah. that would have been tough. So maybe she wasn't working until they moved. So your nan and granddad, did they also get house swap? Were they house owners or renters or they move renters out? Renters and they got a flat. Yeah. Yeah, a small little flat. So they went from a house to a flat? Flat to a flat. Flat to a flat and your mum went to a flat to a house? Mm. Yeah. So what are your neighbours like around there? Well, I was just thinking this. I just remember it being a bit spooky, a bit dark, because sure. we had these old couple. These old, I, think, I think they're an Irish old couple, and they were really weird, and they had a dog called Satan. <laughs> it was a Doberman <laughs> called Satan. Yes, Satan, your tea's ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Another baby oh, for you. <laughs> and, the, yeah, the neighbours next door would play really dark music, I remember. My mum being scared and I'd have to go to bed and it was all a bit weird. It was quite a dark place being in 25 Limiton. And then we moved when I was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. Oh, okay. Or maybe seven or eight, yeah. So when you went from there, when you moved eight to... Where'd you go after 25? 66th Valancewood Road. 666 Satan next door. <laughs> 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 next door, that was sorted us out. Yeah. <laughs> Funny red point things when he said, yeah. yeah, yeah. He said yeah. from yeah. the council. Yeah. We believed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, 66 Valancewood Road. And uh, yeah, spent most of my, so what's that, sort of eight till I was like 21, I think. Yeah, formative yeah. years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Growing up in school, you know, being in sixth form. In the army cadets, yeah. uh, doing my exams. Mum dying when I was eighteen, yeah. and then having the place after that, people coming round yeah. and things happening around my place. Bit of a party place. So if your your mum's ill, so what's wrong with your mum? Uh, well, she had um, well angina. Okay. And yeah, and so ended up having a heart attack. So I was 17 and a half when I left school. Yeah. March was my birthday, and then she died in May. So if you left in March, that's... I left at Christmas, Christmas just okay. after for the New Year. So January, February, so March. So you didn't finish the sixth form then, is that right? No. Okay. And you left because it's tough at home. Yeah, I you couldn't You've your mum being ill. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's things on your mind. So you I think so. I don't know whether I wasn't good and good at, good enough to do the A levels, but th- looking Robert. back, I you think oh, I was good enough yeah, to do them. So yeah, yeah, you I was were. Yeah, 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 other things to think about. Yeah. So if your mum's at home, obviously she's visibly ill. You're obviously doing lots of stuff at home. She's at home all the time by then, I should think. Yeah. So you're shopping, washing, cooking, helping. I don't know going. if I was that helpful. I think that was part of my guilt thing that I was still a sort of seventeen-year-old who was sort of out uh, on the lash. Yeah. I mean, I, I was aware. But I wasn't, I wasn't uh, completely aware, yeah. and I think that was part of, like I say, like yeah. how I behaved. Like yeah. I wish I'd been a bit different. Yeah. I thought she was going to come out of it. Yeah. I thought it was just like you didn't know she's not. So she's yeah, mum and dad are indestructible. Now how old was she? Fifty-two. Yeah, younger than me. So it's, you know, I think I'm, I still think I'm indestructible now, and I'm older than that. Yeah, yeah right. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, right. So there's one thing I wanted to say. Like when I used to go to the plays, do the plays. My mum come along, yeah. but she'd fallen over the week before and broke both her fucking arms, gone bang. She was a big yeah. girl, tripped up on the pavement, and bang on, bro- broke. So she come with casts on both hands. <laughs> and I remember sitting there, her sitting there with a fucking double cast on each, you know, on each arm, but still wanted to come and yeah, support she? me, yeah. So I she did come to all your things and... Yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah. support there, yeah. Yeah. So by 17 and a half, she's... 
ill and I remember you saying she collapsed at home in the kitchen. Well, yeah, we were at home in the doorway, she went down, yeah. yeah. And I tried to be um, resuscitate her and yeah. it wasn't happening. Couldn't turn her over in the doorway. Tried ringing Nan, yeah. obviously rang the ambulance and then from there on it was a bit of a blur. Yeah. Mm. So once your Nan died, I remember you saying you stayed in the house, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, when Mum died, yeah. I, I took over, I just about was old enough to take over the tenancy. So, because if that had been a year earlier, maybe 16 and a half, you'd have been going elsewhere. Yeah, I might have gone into care of some yeah, sort. Yeah, all your nans. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, she died when I was about 17 and a half, and then just all the paperwork time, I just went into the time of being all right to take it on. When she's gone, they're obviously turning up, they take her away, mm -hmm. she's not resuscitated, she doesn't come back. Yes. Think, okay, that's, that's it. Last time she's gone out the door, she's gone out in an ambulance. Yeah. And you come back home and think, I know I run this place. You've got shop wash, clean, electricity, gas. Yes. Rates, Christ knows what else. You, did Sue and Ernie help you out doing that then? From a distance. Yeah. They were, they were living around a corner, like about a 10-minute walk in a flat. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I spent... I think I stayed down there for a month or two on their sofa because I couldn't go home. Yeah. And then I ended up going home. Yeah. I, was, I had a job, I was work, so I'd started working over those months when I left school. Yeah. First of all, I worked for a floor layers, the, the new Bank of England. I helped lay the floor, these yeah. big metal panels with these glue around the edge. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then I worked um, for 9 to 5 magazine. You know, 9 to 5 magazine is like, it's like the Australian TNT magazine. It was just full of adverts and okay. I'd be on the telly sales. Oh, yeah? And that was the time I was... You did that. Oh, did yeah. you do the telly sales, yeah? This madness, yeah. Oh, horrible, yeah. Did you ever play games where they'd say, like, right, today you've got to try to get as many vegetables into the conversation <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Why are you trying to make money, of course? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, yeah. sir, would you like to buy a, a, a three-by-four tomato uh, advert, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny, a funny story. The guy who was, like, my manager... He was an ex-smackhead, but he was he was all suited and booted. Like, he was a bit of a um, you know posh lad, yeah. and he'd been a smackhead, but he got off of it. Yeah. And uh, he told me a story once. He got mugged by someone who come up to him with a cucumber, emitting over there with a cucumber, <laughs> and knocked him out, <laughs> and took all his gear off him. He had like one of them big sort of strawberry noses. He was a drinker instead. Fruit-based joke. Yeah. Strawberry nose, cucumber battery. Strawberry, see? <laughs> cucumber. Got a cucumber <laughs> <beef> strawberry. <laughs> I'm well, still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Orange, apple. <laughs> so, you, so you got battered with a cucumber? He got it over the end. He's apparently broken off and knocked him out, yeah. left the cucumber there, took his wallet. <laughs> anyway. So where yeah. were you doing... So all that... So what, by then, you got these weird jobs. You back in your mum's house by then? So you stayed... Because you stayed there for a while, didn't you, after that? Yeah, yeah, I was there for... Yeah, about three or four years after yeah. that. Yeah, so all what, sorts of them. So what are your neighbours, are they supportive of you? I think, oh, fuck it's Robbie. You don't. Well, on one side was this old couple. My mum, they, uh, sorry, my mum got, got on with. Yeah. I was a bit loud. They would moan at me, you yeah. know, or moan at my mum for me being yeah. loud. And on the other side was this hippie couple with these yeah. couple of kids. And uh, his name is Terry, and I forgot her name. And, these, and they're all a bit, you know, a bit uh, rough around the edges, sort yeah. of. And I found out later on that he was, he was a big dealer. <laughs> yeah. But he used to teach me football in the back garden, this hippie guy. Who was yeah. like, I was Rick Tentacles, kind of yeah. man, spangled <laughs> fellow. Um, so he was on the other side. 
So they were, yeah, supportive in some ways. Yeah. And I had my mates come and live with me. These guys that, that I say I still know now, that's probably why I know. So there was Big okay. Steve. Yeah. Big Steve Lurch used to come, Steve Keane. So obviously you are gold dust in the world of 17 and a half year olds. You've got your own house. Yes. With no parents, sadly, but yeah. for them it's like, well, hey, here we go, do it like... So was that what it was like then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's a nice place for your mates, you and your mates to lurk about, basically. Sure. So, it was tricky at times because I had everything, my mum's stuff there. Yeah. So, for example, I had the sofa there. I remember she paid a lot of money out for in her mind. And, and then some... Like a mate of a mate had come round, sit and put his fucking feet on the wall. Like, yeah. Get your fucking feet on the wall. Yeah. So I was looking after stuff, yeah. but then we also so you, started taking drugs in as well. Yeah, so you were sort of looking after it because you still had a bit of respect for your mum's stuff that she'd slogged her guts out. Sure, yeah. yeah. And trying to live with it and keep yeah. look after it all. Yeah, there's a lot to say so about that time. But you stayed mates, though, because obviously that could really tip you over the edge if you... you know. Well, some of them were good, mate. They'd help yeah. me decorate or... Yeah, oh, OK, so, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah. There was one guy called Colin, he come round, and he, he he come from a really sort of tough family and he was a bit abused and sort of... Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit strange, actually. He'd... Like, I'd be in bed and he'd stay over and some of the lads downstairs, but he'd come up and make me a cup of tea and run a bath for me and things like this. Because he wanted to be part of the gang, you know? So he didn't want to be like a butler. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> he did. It's very surprising now. He's a very rich fellow now. Um, Is he? Yeah. So he used to... Come and buy your bath and make tea. <laughs> because he wanted to be part of it all, yeah. 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 But, it was, but another story, like not long after my mum died, I, I went to this girl where I worked in next, another job, Saturday job yeah. I did for a long time, and it was at the end of that. Yeah. And she said, Oh, come to Tenerife, I've got a got an apartment out there for a month. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, it'd be good for me to go. Yeah. I went away, lots happened there. She threw me out after the first week. I ended up staying with all these scallies from like Manchester, Liverpool, like about 15 blokes in this apartment that they nicked off. This Basically, these <laughs> posh guys had paid for it and then they terrorised them and they moved out and they had this place for a month and there were dealers and went out stealing with them and it was terrible. <laughs> I went to the supermarket once and they said, God, you got to get some fucking food. Like, you gotta... So I went and I was looking around the supermarkets and I pulled the biggest can of beans and put it down on the trousers <laughs> and this Spanish woman just come up to me, put her hands down my trousers, pulled these beans out. And... Anyway, take an acid. So while I was away there... Yeah. I come back and Colin, Colin said, oh, I'll do a bit of decorating for you. It was like, oh, great. Come back. And my hallway <laughs> was all the woodwork had been painted red. And, <laughs> you know, like, he'd done like a dirty protest all <laughs> over. But it was meant to be that sort of, um, yeah. you know, that... Washed laughter. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it was in, like, dirty brown. <laughs> all up the walls in yeah. the hallway and red sort of... <laughs> like skid marks. <laughs> all over the place. I come back like... <laughs> And I also gone upstairs and my mum's wardrobes had gone. Oh, the no. front of, because the guy I was living with, Chris, really close, he'd, he'd given to his mum. He said, I think I must have said, oh, yeah, sell them. But I don't space. think I did. <laughs> but I'd come back and it was just, it was horrible returning. So tough time. Skid marks, walls, your mum's stuff had all gone. Yeah, and I was, I was on acid trips, yeah, from yeah. like heavy acid. Because obviously you're running a house then, ultimately. Or so, so you don't get any help from the council then or anybody else being a... No, not at that time. My mum left me some money. I thought it was about 10 grand at the time. Or well, it, was it wasn't her, it was through the telecoms thing. Yeah. And because of that, I couldn't get any, any benefits help. and things. Yeah, so... And then, I, then when I kind of settled down, maybe six months later, I, I started working at hairdressers. 
and this guy, Kenton's hairdressers in Romford. He took me on as an apprentice, but it turned out horrible as well. They take the piss out of me because I didn't have it. They'd pay me like 50 quid a week, which was my rent yeah. at home. So I paid out and I didn't, no, I was no. off me savings, but I thought, this is a creative thing. Because I wanted to be creative, yeah. but I had to make money. That was the big thing. Well, it's this dilemma, yeah. And also, you've got no help. Other kids doing that, still their mum and dad's buying the beans and doing the yeah. gas and electricity, you're doing it all. Well, I had the money in the bank, but I also... Yeah, it's, yeah it's not your money. It was kind of mum. Yeah. It was mum in the bank, that, yeah. for me. And I never spent it for years. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And I think the next big thing was when I went to the, uh, <laughs> the Ingraborn Centre, which that? was... Uh, a psychiatric community. Okay. Because I just went to my doctors and I, you know, I was, I was. Need help. Yeah, need help. Yeah, and then he said, "Oh, come and talk to me." And I just knew everyone was outside in the waiting room. Wait, I couldn't talk to him enough. I didn't. Yeah. So he, got, he sent me to a psychiatrist, and then after a process, I ended up yeah. going to this place, which was um, a living psychiatric place. So, so meanwhile, what's happened to your lovely? council place did that get ticked along by some bully or something or ticked along by the system i i lived it what do you mean ticked along I, so you didn't live in if, if you all got your council place you're worrying about losing if you've yeah. gone to the ingraborn you're living in in the ingraborn yeah but i still have my place and, and and there's been a change of address now so what happened is that i started to get ill couldn't work properly my nan and granddad were living around a corner in a one bedroom a, flat yeah in this block where there was sort of one floor and another floor above it. That's Mace it, and they were in the bottom. Yeah, yeah is that what it called, Mace yeah. And this guy moved out of this flat, a council flat above them to yeah. the right. Yeah. And I ended up swapping a two-bedroom house for that flat. Okay. And they wouldn't normally do that, but because I gave up a two-bedroom, they said, okay, you can have that particular flat. Yeah. So I ended up living above my nan and granddad. Oh, that's good for you and good for them. Yeah, which yeah. I needed, but I also went to this Inglebourne Centre. Yeah. I, I stayed there for the first couple of months, because yeah. they, they asked you to stay in the... It was a hos, in a hospital, as, as a in separate you're staying building. In there, you're sleeping there, eating there, waking up there. Yes, for okay, two, yeah. three months, yeah. yeah. So what was the Ingraborn like? Can you remember? Yeah, yeah. So the first time, you had to go there for a couple of interviews and you sat in a room with a, 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 like a, a group of six, seven people yeah. and you didn't know which ones were the therapists and which ones were the people in the, okay. in the, with the patient. Was that part of their plan then? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you were talking to everyone. I didn't know which ones were which. Yeah. And they accepted me into the community. So you didn't pretend to be a therapist and just... <laughs> no, I was... <laughs> you think anybody did? You don't know because you don't know who was who. Yeah, I didn't know who was who. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, as, uh, I no think I was therapist. surprised actually. Yeah, it was just all, yeah. yeah. Like, this is a bit therapy actually. But, but obviously, <laughs> it worked because you all talked. So you didn't think, yeah. So you just encouraged to talk about whatever. We did large groups and small groups. So there was in the community there was about thirty people in total, and they all went through the same process where you stayed in for a couple of months, yeah. and then you'd just be day released. Like you'd yeah. go in Monday to Friday, nine till five every day, and okay. go on weekends. So is that all talk? No. There was there was small groups of yeah. like eight people, so the big group was split up, and the big group you would have loved it, Tim. Yeah. Sitting in a big room, thirty-five people, more than a chip chat, yeah. man. You imagine <laughs> all sorts of things going on in there. I heard some terrible stories of people being abused, yeah. or just their life story. Yeah. I mean, if I could say things now. I don't know if you believe me. I don't know if I. Yeah. Like our people, I don't know, some kid having his hands put on fires because by his dad and yeah. see that other people were 
dealing with grief. There was a whole mash of stories. So if you feel know. like, relatively speaking, you're not down the, you're up near the top of the league, not down the bottom of the league, having your hands stuck in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you realise things could be worse, but they could be better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was only for two, and I, I was offered to stay for two months, and I asked if I could stay for another month. Yeah. That's what the third month because I liked it so much. I did, didn't want to be at home on my own. Yeah. Or bothering my nan and granddad, and there was not, you know, the, I was with people. We'd yeah. play table tennis in the yeah, evening, yeah, yeah. cards. Yeah. And so yeah. we do the large group and the small group. But we also did like drama groups, art therapy. So you did other things. All sorts. Yeah. 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 Nine till five. It was a yeah. full program. Yeah. So when you came out of there. And did your day release or if it was? How long did you do that for the day release? The whole course was 13 months I did. I was meant Quite to do 12 time. months and I did an extra month because yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. It was good times in some ways, you know, really sociable. Yeah. So it sort of levelled you off a bit maybe? Yeah. 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 And I think what, I'm say, what I would say is that at that time I remember saying goodbye to my mates when I went in there. Yeah. Because th th this group of, because yeah. they went off to Greece and lived in Greece for oh, six right. months, you know, on the piss, <laughs> you know, party piss well, down. Different sort of sick. Hey? <laughs> different sort of sick. Yeah. Yeah. Different sort of therapy. Yeah. But I remember giving them all a hug, and it was like, like you're you're going. I wanted to go with them, you know, but I knew I had to go in this place. Yeah. So that was a real sort of divide start of yeah. a different life, and they accept my mates, my old mates, even now knew. I was a bit different with yeah, things. Yeah. And they've said some things to me since. They, de they didn't realise what I was going for at the didn't time. Didn't realise how bad it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it was nice to hear that they recognise that now. Yeah. After I come out of the uh, Ingeborg, Ingeborg, yeah, I had time on the sick, and then I met, I met this character on the bus, Alex, and he was in a band. And I, I joined his band called Flounce. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I was—I had time on my hands, like being—I got into, you know, I think the Ingerborn Centre opened my mind up to being creative and stuff. Yeah. So I was playing bongos and listening to the radio and smoking dope yeah. and, and making music. And I joined his band, and then from there I met all this other crew, and I was part of a band called the Beards, yeah. which was a local band that did well. This is still out in Romford, Dagenham, yeah. yeah. So this is more in Romford now, in Ilford, yeah. I moved out a bit more. And the other crew that I knew was Richie, who, who um, through being in the band, there was all these people around. So there was Richie, who used to run a nightclub on a Friday, the biggest independent nightclub. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Supersonic. Yeah. So I got in with him and I used to do painting, yeah. mural painting yeah. on banners. Smoking loads of weed, yeah. going to the <laughs> island in Ilford. And, and I'll just give you an idea. So he was like a real hippie, yeah. but he booked for his night, he'd have about a thousand people, you know, coming in to this huge place. It's like an old theatre. So that's a lot of money coming in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And because it was the only alternative, you know, like yeah. most of it was like house nights, but his yeah. nights was rock and when yeah. Blur and yeah. he, he booked Blur, he booked Oasis when they were coming up for his Friday night. So they'd play on the stage, this big stage. All right, now we've got a new band down from wherever. So that'd be lovely. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the mental. And then also, he's, which is quite mad, this island uh, used to do other things like jungle nights and things like this. Yeah. And a really hardcore, like, the people like there'd be a big stage and then the dance floor and then another floor up there on the big stage they'd have the DJs and all their crews smoking crack fucking guns firing into the so we'd be downstairs in the basement painting hippies like like uh, Led Zeppelin or, or, or Hendrix on the thing 
sandals and yeah. wash for a fucking couple of days. No. Hi, guys. It's like we Don't have to go up me. on the stage and go down. Hi. And they're smoking crack and like really looking tough. <laughs> and one time, the f- this should give you an idea. So, you get, you know, like bouncers are a bit naughty, aren't yeah. they? They're, in the, they're probably selling the drugs, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And, uh, and then the people who are running the place. One time, the safe got nicked out of the place. <laughs> you got the whole fucking safe. safe that got taken out and nicked. And the police questioned everyone in the building <laughs> apart from us. <laughs> I, met, like, I met Richie, who was working there, and it was like, oh, we'll leave it. <laughs> like, it just wasn't obviously you. But they, they, they talked to everyone else. So when did you finally think, OK, you're running out of Dagenham, you're going to move somewhere else. What, what made you want to swap the flat? It was, it was the last years of my nan. Me and my nan were really close. Yeah. My granddad had died when I was 25. He had Alzheimer's, he died early. Yeah. He, he got put in a home in Billericay area, or Brentwood. Yeah. My nan had to travel out and see him. Did she we drive? Got, no, we had to get You're cabs good. all the time. Yeah. And poor old sod, he, 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 we go and see him and he'd, he'd say, oh, can I come home now? And we say, you can't come home, you know, the Alzheimer's. And one time I went to see him, he was talking to her and his teeth were dropping. Yeah. He's like, what's, what's happened? And we found out he had someone else's teeth in. Oh, fuck fucking, yeah. So there's all the old boys and girls on the wall, they go out and fucking hand the teeth out and sometimes get... They take them in, wash them, and yeah. then hand them out in the morning. Oh, right. And then they've got someone else's teeth. They've got their name on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stared at Ernie. Ernie, yeah. Written on the, on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, you write your name on them. Put letters on them, knock them all out, play tooth scrabble. <laughs> yeah. So, so poor old Ernie. Yeah, yeah. Fucking them. what's what, and his yeah. teeth don't fit, in, doesn't it? Yeah, that's And so then he weird. died. And so it was me and my nan. I had my flat, I had, and it yeah. went the other, and she had her flat downstairs, and I put an intercom in, oh, so yeah. and it went the other way from where she was looking two, after two me. Sugars. Yeah, definitely. Was it? Yeah, I always started coming down with a cup of tea, and I'd go down, I'd sit and smoke a spliff with her, and yeah. watch telly, or I'd cook her food. Yeah. You know, and what I say, it went the other way around, because when I was 21, 22 in that Ingerbourne place, they kind of looking after me. Yeah, so now you've turned the favour. Yeah, and it went yeah. back, and I look after her, so... Yeah. Yeah, and we got became good friends. Yeah. Like, that was that was hard. My, 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 my grand died. It was really. Yeah. yeah. When your grand died, obviously the intercom gets disconnected. You're still upstairs in the maze net, and that's when you're thinking, "Shit, I'm going to move out." Is that what tipped it over then? Well, I met a girl called Sam. We were going out. She had a daughter. We was going to make it more permanent, yeah. and I just thought, I can't stay in Dagenham anymore. I want to swap. Yeah. So I was going to see all these places in London that I could try and to was move. Your, so was your nan still alive then? When you decided no. to swap? So okay, no. so, so you, you didn't have any family ties there anymore? No, so I just yeah. thought I can't stay in Dagenham no more yeah. without nan being there. Yeah. Being in this flat reminded me of nan and granddad down there, I just yeah. had to move on. Yeah, okay. So were you going to make it move on permanent? Where did the Sam woman live? Hoxton. Ah, oh, I see. So that was the move? Yeah, because I'd be around the corner too, I thought. Yeah. Well, what was happening? While my nan was still alive, I was seeing Sam for a couple of years and I'd travel up to Hoxton a lot. Yeah. I think after my nan died as well. Well, definitely after my nan died. And then over that time I was trying to move and I, I started working in a... I, I, sorry, I went to college at Whitechapel to study cabinet making. So I was staying at Sam's a lot to go. Oh, OK on the Wednesday or Thursday and then come home to Dagenham. So I was yeah. started to transition. Yeah. 
and then I worked for a place in King's Cross, cabinet makers, and then I got a job at the Royal College of Art as a model making technician. So, cabinet making. Yeah. Would you find just because it's making stuff? I think my 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 thought process was. I keep doing all these different things and I wanted to focus on one thing. Yeah. And I remember being in Romford in a pub thinking, if the world ends, you know, or you're going to an apocalyptic state, yeah. what skill have I got? Cabinet making. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was about carpentry, okay, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then I looked around and, and thought, oh, well, there's, this course would be good and it's yeah. about cabinet making. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about learning a skill. Yeah, I, I like making these. Also, you, is a making thing as opposed to a... It was. It was more about. Uh, I think the survival thing again is that if I knew that I had a skill that I could always say, oh, "I do this," yeah. so I can get work. Back up with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. more. What it was yeah. about. Even though, and still wanted to be creative, but make yeah. money. Yeah. It was that. Yeah. Back up money. But I never found cabinet making or set building wasn't creative for me. Yeah. It was doing other people's work or was, their designs. Yeah. It was like craft. Yeah. So yeah. you pack in the cabinet making. Yeah, that got me the job in the uh, Royal College. Yeah. Becoming a technician. I didn't want to. Uh, the reason I changed this is I was just when I studied cabinet making for a year, cutting out all these lovely dovetail joints by hand and everything. Then you go into the real world and you're just That's covered it. in MDF powder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But the thing, the, the, the interesting thing perhaps was also, see, I was just thinking about this, about maybe it was always a theme to try to be an artist. Yeah. I had this idea, I think I became more artistic with my girlfriend moving to Oxton and, yeah. and I had these ideas for art exhibitions which were a bit edgy. Like, um, but it's an idea. Yeah, and I think if I'd have done them I would have had, I had, had to do some real question, um, answer some questions about it. What about yourself or about things or...? About things. I mean, I'll give you an idea. So we're doing the cabinet making. My end piece was a piece of bondage furniture. Okay. And it was the idea that it would um, it would be part of an exhibition about hidden bondage in the home. Yeah. So there would be... Th this was a, a blanket box yeah. that opened up these, not invisible doors, but you couldn't yeah. really see it, and chains came out. Yeah, okay. And so, but you wouldn't see that. And I had ideas like, uh, for an artistic thing, having an ironing board with uh, handcuffs hanging down, kind of, or yeah. having a a washing machine with four bicycle seats on it, and calling it coffee morning. <laughs> you know, so the women would sit on the, the vibrating thing over the coffee. And it was more like hidden. Yeah, so hidden a, a nice mix and match between something you wouldn't consider. Yeah. Being visible. Yeah, and have that as an exhibition. But it started to develop at the time, like making proper bondage furniture. But I heard stories, you know, like bestiality. So the idea of having, um, uh, you know, you put your head through it and the arm stocks. Yeah. They're having that for a cow. Yeah. That you and then have a pair of wellies at the back, so you put your feet in and they do <laughs> milk it. Yeah. <laughs> but then also it, it got more and more, and it's, this was the thing that stopped me was. I remember seeing uh, the idea of t I saw T-shirts with, like, a 13-year-old girl would say, I'm still a virgin, on the T-shirt. Yeah. And it's real questioning of what... Yeah, just, where's the line gone? Where's the line drawn? Yeah. Some of the things I'd heard about when I was in therapy, like I said about yeah, the hands yeah. on fire, there was another person... Yeah, because someone else's ironic remark is someone else's fucking hard-ass life. Exactly. Yeah. So I had to be really careful, and I didn't want to take any further. But I just sort of lost the, the vibe for being an artist who would give out his crazy you ideas. You think about having, trying to think of another idea and doing 
I suppose the idea of being a conceptual artist stopped there, you know, because yeah. just these physical objects that would be quite controversial. I, yeah. I, you know, with uh, Damien Hirst and yeah. influenced in the idea of shocking people. And then I thought, why do I want to do that? And have I got the backup to all, talk about these issues? Yeah, exactly. So you drew your own line in a way and stopped it. And that's yeah. the end of that. I did the, all the exhibition in my head sort of thing. Yeah. So you leave there, or do you not leave there and look for another job? Do you I have got, a jump ship? I got that? fired. Oh, excellent, yeah. Because uh, I was having arguments with this French bloke and uh, he was an arse. He would... Yeah. He run the roost on this floor. Fred, his name was. was He'd do cr creepy things. He'd go up to girls behind uh, while they were on the machines, like a fucking uh, uh, bandsaw. Weinstein. And say, guess who? Uh, you know, or, or he'd, he'd start to get... Because I... It was all things like that. And then I'd start questioning it. We got on at first, but I'd start questioning it. And then he'd, he'd just retaliated against me. He sure. stole someone else, someone's someone's tool, like a, a multi-tool that they got yeah. bought, a quite expensive one, and yeah. blamed it on me. Yeah. All this thing, and it built up and up, and he made a bad case against me, and I yeah. got sacked. Yeah. I found out later it wasn't actually him, it was this other bloke in the, in the, in the, 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 on the room next to him, in the metalwork room, yeah. who was a drinker. Yeah. He'd go down the pub every, and get pissed, and especially on a Friday. And one Friday, he'd come back a bit pissed and say, oh, we've got to move this bit of machinery, like a big, uh, you know, like a driller or something. And we moved it, and he, he was pissed, and he, it fell on him it, slowly. This this whole thing, he started to go down. I'm, I'm holding the weight of it, yeah. and it, it went on top of him, and I managed to get like get him out of it. But I never said anything about it, but I don't know. I think he was bothered about me squeezing him up. Yeah. It turned out to be him. So you got oofed out of there. So you oofed out of there. You're living in the flat in Hocks, and you got no job then. Exactly, and that's why I'm looking locally. But also at the same time, I was having murders with my neighbours upstairs. There was a couple living upstairs, a Kurdish couple, and they would party, yeah. you know, but they had four kids in a two-bedroom flat. Yeah. So these kids, four kids, would be in one bedroom up between the ages of, like, two and seven, let's say. Yeah. And uh, I just, at first, asked them to turn the music down and they just, like, fuck off. And then you see the kids going to school in the morning all fucked and yeah. it just got worse and worse. And I, I said, you know, it's really noisy. Is there anything we can do? Me, <laughs> I was silly. I was coming from Dagenham. I thought I could change things, but it couldn't. And they ended up, one, one example was taking up all the carpet from the hallway and dumping it outside my front door, like saying, it's going to be even noisier now. Yeah. You know, the kids running about and then just got worse and worse. Yeah. And I was taking videos of what was going on in Hawks. I've got loads of videos of... Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Johnny fucking yeah. playing golf in the yeah. <laughs> in this square. Yeah, the square, all flats all around the edge. Yeah. A playground, yeah. which had its own thing. But he was on one side and just had a golf club and hitting balls just across into like, hitting flats. And So that's when you got then the shift from there to Powers Cross Road. That's it, yeah. yeah. Okay, I did a load of searching around again. Yeah. And apparently in, in Pariscroft, that, that flat where I am now is like an old guy died in there. Yeah. Gone into hospital, didn't come out again. Yeah. And then they did the flat upstairs and then they kind of did my flat, made it look all right. Yeah. And I, I, I found it. I was so surprised after seeing all these others and I had to get out. Yeah. And I, I swapped a two bedroom for the one bedroom. So you like it there now? Yeah, so I mean, I, went, I jumped from. Garden, a, yeah. yeah, super yeah. big garden, yeah. But I don't do much in it now. I used to. So what are you doing now? 
what am I doing now? So I moved here and then, well, I'm a caretaker. Yeah. So I'm a caretaker at the old school rooms, uh, uh, Lower Clapton Road, next to the Round okay. Chapel. Oh, that's it, yeah, Round Chapel, yeah. Mm. Okay. So there's the big Round Chapel and next door is the old school rooms where all the kids used to go when they were having yeah. congregation, but yeah. now it's a, a community building. Yeah. So I've been there seven years now. So it's, it's been seven years. Yeah. So it's local, get to work easy, get home easy. Yep. Enjoy it. Does it Part time work. Part time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't earn much money, but yeah. But happy. Yeah, generally now I am. I mean, I've had a couple of years where it wasn't because yeah. it was, we had a new, new team and they, you know, no organisation there. and. Well, in the chapel. Yeah. It's such a place of mixed things going on in there. There's a nursery downstairs, there's offices hired out. And then there's two halls upstairs that hide out for many different things. And, you know, if you, if you pick, you know, the first two or three years there, I was doing these Saturday night events, which could be anything, which was a real eye-opener, a yeah. cultural, you know, I'd be at a Jamaican funeral or uh, a Ghanaian first birthday or an Indian henna party. Yeah. And I'd be on my own, yeah. seeing them in, setting the place up and then seeing them out at the end of the night. You got to finish, yeah. and I'm being bribed, tried to be bribed, yeah. being threatened. Yeah. So, so if you don't turn it off to a load of like so it's not Jamaicans the now, it's uh, yeah, it's like not just Jamaican, but I'm, I'm giving a flavour by saying, yeah. no, forget forget whatever culture. Some people yeah. who are very angry, pissed, yeah, and uh, didn't want to turn their sound system yeah. off. Sure and I'd say you don't turn it off five minutes. I'm going to switch it off on the wall, you know, turn the electricity off, and managing to get them out. I realised this is the thing I was being underpaid for being a manager, yeah. a security, a caretaker, yeah. Yeah. a diplomat. Yeah. Especially and not being supported by the team. Yeah. You know, if the woman who was booking the event hadn't gone for a whole list of things, yeah. I'd have to deal with it all on yeah. the day. So when the bride and groom came to say, where are all the tables and chairs for yeah. our wedding? It was like, no one told me. for you being them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or well, getting the bride and groom to sweep up at the end of the night, <laughs> not, not the floors, in her dress. <laughs> I'm so sorry, this is what you've got to do, you knew about it. <laughs> so how many days, you, what days you, do you have to do a Saturday, a Sunday? Or just what no, comes I mean, at the in? moment I'm doing, I just do 20 hours a week. Oh, okay. And if I do over that, I'll get paid overtime. Oh, that's right time and a half so yeah. so before lockdown I was doing uh, 25 hours a week they say yeah. so getting a fair so, so lockdown's affected it obviously yeah so I'm just on minimum 20 hours a week yeah. so at least you've been furloughed or whatever you're doing or no not furloughed I've been there I've been okay, doing so a food bank oh, okay. so we started a food bank up which yeah. was something really new yeah um, yeah the, got the homeless people come on a Sunday I mean, I'm not there Saturday and Sunday unless I work Saturday evening for a wedding or something, but yeah. that hasn't happened for a while. But yeah. since lockdown, you know, they've got homeless people on Sunday and uh, there's another group of just people on their arse who come along to get help yeah. with the paperwork and yeah. banks and yeah. council. Well, I think where I'm going in the future, what I'm aiming for, I think, is uh, I trained as a mindfulness trainer last year. I did that for a year with Mind. Yeah. And like I was as saying... As in Mind the Charity? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I had my own div a couple of years ago, I had a breakdown and it was like, I think it was because I was giving up everything. I gave up yeah. drinking, gave up smoking, yeah. all through the yoga thing, so and still... the spiritual path. Yeah. And through that, just 
I don't know whether it sounds a bit arsy, but like, it's trying to find myself I who I am without all these <clears throat> yeah. drink, drugs and distractions. Yeah. Which I think is... Well, no, it's, is, I think whatever you say, whatever you think, it's, it's been happy what you're saying, if someone takes a piss and fuck off. Yeah. And that's standing up straight and being yourself. <clears throat> whatever it is, and if, if people do take a piss, it's just, well, so, you know, it's, what, it's what's making you feel good, so... Sure. Yeah. So a bit more of a spiritual path, I think. Yeah. Since the past few years, which has yeah. been really positive for me. Yeah. I've been studying something called Kashmir Shaivism. So my yoga course isn't the normal, it's a tantra course. Yeah. So, and I joined that thinking, oh, I might be finding some interesting sexual positions and <laughs> meet some nice ladies and We've things. not. Yeah, and I think the people who join the course do have their the different reasons, but yeah. a lot of that's going on. Yeah. But over the years, I've been learning yeah. just to see life in a different way. Yeah. So you feel sort of contented? Okay. More than I have done, yeah. 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 When I was smoking weed or drinking, yeah. I'd rely on that. Yeah. My thing at the moment is food, yeah. that I've realised. It's almost like, as I grew up, as all of us grow up, I suppose, we sort of take on different things that help us get through life. So the first ones were food, and then yeah. <clears throat> I started smoking at 13. Then the booze, and then weed, and then other things, yeah. and now going backwards, yeah, yeah like rewinding, stripping yeah. them things away. Yeah. yeah. So the food was the first thing of yeah. how to make myself happy with a donut yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we used to call it a medicinal donut because Bob went to the, <laughs> the fucking doctors once, and he hated the doctors. He had a bad start in life. Hospital shit in the lap crab and yeah. the doctor with the doctor where he's tiny, he just went, oh, I want a donut! <laughs> <laughs> Medicinal donut. Get it on prescription, yeah. Ring or fat? Oh, that one, please. So, yeah, it is. It's, and it's just, yeah, whatever makes you feel good, ultimately, but it's... Yeah. I just, don't know, yeah. Had enough? I've enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice to talk. Yeah. Nice to... Had some realisations and some memories. Well, it's, it's been yeah, good. It's, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, nice one, lads. Yeah.